in a time where parents have the weight of a thousand decisions on their shoulders and every step is like walking in quicksand, adventure's probably not in your focus. However, research shows families who adventure are more resilient and have significantly healthier minds and bodies. The purpose of this podcast is to help families connect through simple and authentic adventure experiences. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa, your online community designed to help you connect, reach your summit, and create meaningful adventure experiences with your family. Hello and welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. I'm your host, Heidi Dusick. As you heard in the last episode, we are nine months into our family gap year, and this recording comes just days after meeting up with a previous Ordinary Sherpa guest from episode 109, Living Your Childhood Dreams. And I think we're just continually grateful for the stories and connections that have helped us in taking steps and moving forward on this journey. We love meeting up with friends and strangers. And the best platform to do that is through Boondockers Welcome. It's a part of the Harvest Host family. We've had over 20 plus days on this platform this year, and we're always intrigued by the connections and unique stories of generous people we meet. If you're interested in RVing, I highly encourage you to consider a membership or becoming a host. If you use my link in the show notes, you not only can receive a discount, but also support Ordinary Sherpa in the process. Our guest and I met in a natural hot springs in Stanley, Idaho. We were experimenting with the idea of a gap year, traveling in an RV with three kids on a 34-day sabbatical to test our current gap year potential. Carissa and her husband, Chuck, were already traveling full-time in their 25-foot RV and their two children and a dog. They spent the past few years becoming debt-free, minimizing their belongings, working hard, playing harder, and homeschooling their kids. In 2020, they sold their house and hit the road to travel around America so they could focus on spending more time together, living a healthy lifestyle. Meeting people ahead of you on the journey offers an adventure spark, sometimes igniting new ideas or experiences. From that interaction, we began following each other on social media. Our kids bonded over Harry Potter stories. And through their daughter's suggestion, my daughter has since begun the Percy Jackson series, which ignited her interest in Greek mythology. It's even one of their taco recipes that sparked us trying Tajin seasoning, which is now a must-have for so many of our meals. Through their example of prioritizing self-care, clean eating, and fitness to maximize this time in their lives, they inspire others to live a healthy lifestyle and embark on their own adventures. Carissa from Feed Us Adventures, welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Can you take us back a little bit, you know, before RV lifestyle and some of the things that really triggered you to say, what is this thing that we're going to be working towards? Can you tell us a little bit about your life, where you were, and maybe a couple of triggers or sparks for you that led you to this lifestyle? Absolutely. So my husband and I have kind of always had a bit of wanderlust. From the time we started dating, we've kind of bounced all over the country. And ultimately ended back in Pennsylvania, which is where I am from. We had like the big vision of homesteading. I had some family property that we were going to be able to like carve our little nook out on. And that fell through. And we ended up buying like something totally out of our norm, which was like, you know, the fancy house with, you know, all the things. And Chuck was working and had a great job, but he was working like almost, I don't know, probably 60 hours a week. And at this point we were debt free. And cause we had been working towards that since we got married. And finally we were debt free. He's working 60 hours a week and our vacations were sleeping in a tent out in the woods. And we're kind of minimalist people always have been. So like we weren't buying fancy things or spending 
much of the money that he was making with his job. And then we were sleeping in the dirt on the weekends and we were like, what are we doing? Like, this is bonkers. So we kind of started to think about changing things. My dad lived in Pennsylvania and my mom had recently moved from Pennsylvania to Colorado. I have other family out in Utah and my husband's family is all from North Carolina. And so we're starting to make this plan, starting to think about living in an RV and what that might look like. And it was kind of really just a far off dream at that point. But then we had the unfortunate tragedy. Uh, My dad died really unexpectedly. We were co-hosting a party at his house two days after Christmas and we're standing around the campfire and he fell down dead, like at my feet. We did CPR. We tried our best, like just wasn't happening. He was done. But he had a big, beautiful life. And I can guarantee that he would have said, it's cool, I'm done. (laughs) You know, the hard part was obviously like being in Pennsylvania alone without him, who we were super close with. And we were like, oh, why are we still in Pennsylvania? He's not here. Everybody else is gone. What are we doing here? And then my brothers came home while we figured out like all the funeral stuff. And while they were there, my little brother, who was getting ready to build a house out in Utah, this big, beautiful place, the RV that they were living in while they were building, burned to the ground while he was getting ready for the funeral. And everything like was in the RV. Like it was just, it was so sad. Mm -hmm. And then a couple of months after my dad died, his big brother died unexpectedly, super randomly. So we like had all this super weird, random, like tragedy happen really fast. And then my mom got diagnosed with terminal cancer. Mm. So not that that's funny, but like, it was just insane. All this stuff that happened. And we were like, oh my goodness, all this terrible stuff happens, right? Like that's life. People die and stuff changes and people get sick. And we're going to work to make all this money to go sleep in the woods. Like why don't instead we take all the money we've been saving and go spend time doing our favorite things with our favorite people for as long as we possibly can. So all of that to say that was our catalyst because we didn't want to work our whole lives for retirement and then maybe die early. Like my dad died at 59 Wow. Right. Like, so can you imagine like trying to work till retirement and then dying at 59 would be pretty awful. Just what we needed as the push. So we sold our house. My brothers and I sold my dad's house and we bought a 25 foot motorhome. (laughs) Coming from backpackers to RVers was definitely a transition. Yeah. And we hit the road so that we could start out in Colorado where my mom lived spending time with her. And like, I helped her through her first round of treatment because she had to do a bone marrow transplant. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of transition too, but for the good, right? I think sometimes it's not always easy to see these triggers or these little sparks in the moment, but then you look back and you're like, wow, it was a lot of things, right? Just kind of leading up. You have two girls. Were they homeschooling at that time? Or was that a new transition as well? Were they going from school into homeschooling? Or were you kind of already on that path? We were already on the homeschooling path. So I was um, a special education teacher once upon a time. So I was feeling when I had my first daughter, Paige, that I could handle preschool stuff, I could handle kindergarten stuff, like, you know, I could handle schooling her, I felt comfortable doing that. And then when my second daughter was born, I felt compelled to give her that same start. And by the time 
you know, she was old enough to start thinking about going to school is kind of when we started hatching this plan to hit the road. So we've kind of just kept on keeping on. And we, I guess people would probably classify us as unschoolers because we don't use a curriculum and we don't, you know, do sit down learning every day. Um, We just kind of use everybody's interests and conversations and the places that we go and all that kind of stuff to get all those good learning opportunities. Yeah. And you were one that actually inspired me because I had been exploring unschooling and it felt scary to me. Like, what if they get off track? What if they fall behind? What if, you know, all those little fears kind of hold you up a little bit. So meeting you was really inspiring. And it's funny because I think we spent, what, maybe like an hour together in yeah. <laughs> Stanley. And it's, you know, it's, it doesn't take long. Once you meet someone ahead of you, it makes it a little easier. Um, can you talk a little bit more about unschooling? Like what what does the day look like? I know every day is different, right? So it's, people ask me this all the time and I was like, it's hard to explain, but really, can you give me an example of what unschooling might look like for your daughters where they're at right now? Yeah. So we used to have a list that kind of guided our days and really we used it not like as a to-do list for the day, but rather like if somebody said, I'm bored or wanted me to entertain them for hours, (laughs) (laughs) I would pull out the list. And the list had things on it like create something, read something, write something, um, play outside, move your body, be still and silent. We did connect with God. And I'm trying to think of what else was on there. Oh, and serve someone. And so that list loosely structured our days so that I knew that they were at least doing things that were going to better them as a human and, you know, make sure that they had some of the basic skills that they needed. And when they were little, you know, writing for them was drawing a picture of their family. And as they've gotten older, it's writing a letter to their family. Um, And, you know, both my girls have cycled in and out of needing that list. And now it's kind of just innate that they do those things throughout the day, which is really nice because that's kind of my goal as an unschool mom is like set these kids up to be problem solvers and people who know how to access information for when they want to learn something and good humans who are fulfilled in life, right? Like that's kind of what I'm looking for here. And so that is what we use as our, our guide. But like day to day, we get up and the kids help make breakfast. Sometimes they make the breakfast and usually everybody gets outside right away. So living in a 25-foot motorhome, there's not a whole lot of space to hang out inside. So we do follow the good weather as best we can and we spend a lot of time outside. Yeah. So yeah, the girls right now, we're in North Carolina. So the girls are playing in the woods a lot. They're building all kinds of cool structures out in the woods riding their bikes a bunch. They read a ton. It's funny hearing you say about how your daughter is now reading Percy Jackson because my daughter like loved those books. And it seems like Harry Potter, Percy Jackson, they kind of lead into like all these other series that like they don't really go together, but the people who read all these series read all the same ones. So she's on to the Divergent series now. And so she's tearing through those. And now my youngest, who just turned nine, she is tearing through a whole different bunch of books, but they're both like absorbed in reading right now. But North Carolina requires us to do a state evaluation at the end of every year. So last year was the first time we had to do it. 
And the girls did really great, which I was kind of surprised. Well, good. Well, yeah, because I was, we didn't like ever sit down and teach math or science or social studies. But as we went through the test, they knew everything they needed to know. And so this year we're doing the test next week. And so we're kind of reviewing some stuff. They have workbooks that when they get bored, sometimes they pull out a workbook and do it for fun, which boggles my mind. (laughs) Yes, uh, I agree. It's weird. So (laughs) they like, I think it's fun. So now workbooks are fun and they're like learning some of the stuff that otherwise you don't really like learn organically in day-to-day life, you know, so they're memorizing some multiplication tables and practicing long division and things like that so that they'll be prepared for the test next week. It's so fascinating. It's so interesting, I think, to step away, you know, having been so my husband and I both were teachers as well at one point, right? It's been a long time (laughs) since I've been a teacher. He recently left. But we had this like system that we were so accustomed to. And it seems like when you step away from the status quo of life or what's expected, you have this freedom and you don't always know what to do with it. You know, I feel like (laughs) sometimes I was like, "Am, am I is this a blessing or is this a curse? You know, because sometimes it's hard and people think, oh, you have all the time in the world. You have all the freedom to do whatever you want. And that can also be really hard too. Have you struggled at all with that, you know, amount of freedom that you have to say, what are we actually going to do with our lives? I know you have uh, some priorities that you stick to in, in finding your ideal life. So I'd love to hear more about the things that have caused challenges for you. Yeah. So it can be hard for a number of different reasons with this lifestyle. You know, we do have a lot of free time, but we also have to do things like do the laundry and you know all those kinds of things and the dishes and the shopping and the cooking and so all those things are still happening and i was able to always stay home with the kids we were homeschooling i stayed home chuck went to work and so i'm still doing all the things that i was doing in a regular house here in the rv but the people that we know and love don't always see that part of it. And, you know, they're wondering why we're not always rip raring and ready to go at a moment's notice for every like vacation type activity or Mm -hmm. opportunity. So we do have to like protect our time a little bit. And also being like a content creator and a virtual health coach and Chuck being um, a disc golf coach, like it doesn't look like we're working when we're working. (laughs) So a lot of times people just assume that we're like sitting around playing on our phones when really like we're sitting there working. And it's hard to explain to people and we don't have a, a nine to five job and we're working in little pockets of time throughout the day that we can't like do certain things because of those pockets need to be protected so that we have them. So it can be a little tricky as far as that goes. But then like just structuring our days in general, it did take us a while. It took Charles longer because he was having to kind of like de-school. I think they say it when you're coming from school to unschool. Well, him coming from work to not a traditional job, he had to kind of like break himself of some of those work habits and mental constructs. And he still does struggle with it sometimes, like that lack of purpose from day to day. But honestly, the list that we used with our kids has helped us greatly too. When we first started in the RV, we did the list. Yeah, right. You know, so, you know, we all created something today. Sometimes it was painting. Sometimes it was building a fort. Sometimes it was, you know, like my daughter would do a gymnastics thing or a stretching routine or something. And we would all do the stretching routine with Laurel and things like that. 
using just some loose structure, you know, for us, our faith is a big part of our day to day. So, you know, being anchored with that helped us. Meditation helped because it's really loud inside a 25 foot RV when there's four of you and a dog. (laughs) So we really had to carve out time every day for everybody to just be quiet. And it helped that we, we were following the list when we were in a regular house too. Mm -hmm. So the kids and Chuck and myself were already used to like making that a priority, that meditation time. I don't know. Did I answer that question? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I was just kind of curious if there's things that you've struggled with in finding that structure amidst all the freedom of not having to, right? The, the have tos are gone. Yes. Yeah, so I will say our, <laughs> I am definitely like the one that wants to do all the things. Chuck could do and eat and wear the same thing every day, all day for the rest of his life, I'm pretty sure. But our thing was, if we live in an RV, we have all of our stuff. We have our same house. We have our same food. We have all the same things every day. But for me, I get to take all that sameness and put it somewhere different all the time. (laughs) So the first year, I, (laughs) I had us moving like every four days for a year straight. We're guilty. Um, yeah. Well, it's hard <laughs> We're still to there. There's, yes, there's so many things to see and do. And I had to limit us to one sport or activity or whatever a day because we could easily fall into the trap of like going for a mountain bike ride in the morning and then coming back and eating lunch and then going for a five mile hike with everybody and then coming back and eating dinner. And then, you know, like where you guys are now, we were there in July or August when we were there. And so it stayed light till like 10 o'clock. And so after dinner, we still had hours of daylight. So then we'd go do something else. So We eventually had to stop doing all of the things every day and limit it to one activity a day. And we did that for a year. And at the end of the year, everybody was exhausted, including myself. And so we were like, all right, let's slow down a little bit. So then we started doing like a week to two weeks in a place. And that was way better. We had more time to like get to know the area. We didn't feel that rush, rush, rush to do all the things in the few days that we were there. And so we were able to like breathe a little more. And instead of doing one thing every day, it was more like we did a thing every few days. And that really helped my youngest daughter stop saying, when are we going to move back to a house, mom? Yeah, how funny. (laughs) Because she liked everything that we were doing, but I think like the fast pace was just really hard for her. And so when we slowed down, she stopped asking that question. And so it made me realize like, all right, I've definitely been pushing people too hard. That was about the time that Charles got really into disc golf. He's always been a disc golfer, but what with you know, 60 hour work weeks at home, he was not able to do much disc golfing. So he kind of had just gotten back into it around that time. And a zealous man, like when he gets something on his radar, like that's the only thing on his radar. So he like dove headfirst into disc golf and all things about it. And so that started pulling him towards that. And so then we kind of were traveling and finding disc golf courses Mm -hmm. because they're everywhere, which Mm -hmm. I never played disc golf. I didn't realize. And so we have been to so many different places that we may not have otherwise seen because there was cool disc golf courses. And so that slowed us down because he likes to play a course a few times to really like appreciate it. And he was taking us out on the course and we would like mountain bike to places and then play disc golf and then mountain bike home and things like that. It was just, it was changing. 
And so we did that for a year. And then this year, we did longer stays. Um, So we were a month in South Florida. And then we were a month like in the middle of Florida and then a month in Northern Florida. And now we're in North Carolina. We're going to be here all summer, which is cool. But like, oh, it's the longest we've been anywhere for a while. And I'm like already, you know, like got ants in my pants. But it's beautiful here. We've got family close by. So Chuck's family is just down the road in both directions. So it's been nice to like have grandparents for the girls. And they've been having like little sleepovers with their grandparents and lots of time together. And so it's been nice. You know, we've had that time, thankfully, like all the whole time we've been on the road, our family has been the priority in a lot of our destinations and we've traveled in between. So we've gotten lots of time with family the last three years. But right now, this is like the longest stretch of time in one place with one set of family. But yeah, so we have learned over, you know, three years now that we got to slow down. <laughs> From what I, what I hear when I talk to other full-timers, it, that's kind of like par for the course in learning is that everybody goes crazy in the beginning and tries to do all the things and then realizes, oh my goodness, we don't need to finish after a year. We can just keep doing this because I think a lot of us start out with that idea of, oh, let's just do it for a year and see what happens. And then you realize it works. And you're like, well, why would I stop if this is working? Right. Yeah. That's funny. Yes, we are definitely in that early phase and it is exhausting. But at the same time, every time we think we want to slow down, there's something and we're like, oh, we got to do that. Like, oh, we just we just can't. I don't know. It's just not we're not there yet. I know. I know. I think something we've learned is how we take care of ourselves, though, has really been critical because it's very well in one way. It's hard because, you know, our grocery stores change every four to five days, right? So it's like, where do you find the fresh produce? And in other ways, it's very simple because we don't have a huge freezer to fill with all the extra things. So in some ways, it's very easy, but at the same time, it's not. And same with health. You know, we are exercising a lot more because we're mountain biking and hiking almost every day. And at the same time, it's easy to get bored with the same routines, you know, so it's, it's this constant counterbalancing of good and bad, right? Of like, okay, how much of this do we need? How can we switch it up? But I know uh, health has been very important for you in, in your lifestyle design, and you inspire a lot of others, including me, to explore what does healthy lifestyle look like for you. And I know you've got some exciting things happening. Do you want to talk a little bit about your channel and about your health coaching and, and some of the things you're just like leaning into at this point? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, a big thing for starting fetus adventures was one, we like wanted people to see that you can do this lifestyle with little kids and, you know, you don't have to do it a certain way, but it can just be done in little ways. A catalyst for that was my dad was super unhealthy. I mean, Mm -hmm. he didn't have to die at 59. He definitely could have taken better care of himself and been here longer, I think. And part of our hope with fetus adventures is that we could show people that being healthy doesn't have to suck Mm. because I think a lot of people think it does. Yes. But being healthy is how we do all the things that we do. And it doesn't take, it doesn't feel painful to have to do it. You know, like we work out, but we don't work out crazy and we eat healthy, but we're not crazy about it. Mm -hmm. And we want people to understand that like just moving your body, like just move it in a way that feels good for you, whether it's hiking or running or lifting weights or 
swimming or whatever, just moving every day is huge. And on this trip, I'm like you said, like sometimes workouts are hiking or biking and we do that a lot. And the more you move, the easier it is to keep moving, right? Mm -hmm. I tried to help people understand that with our own platform of fetus adventures. And I really felt like I was having a hard time reaching all the people. And so I have partnered up with Body, which is just a company that's been around forever, helping people get fit. And the one thing that I wasn't wild about when I initially partnered with them was that they kind of had this vibe of like, get the perfect bod so you look good when you're out in your swimsuit. And that is not my vibe. Yeah. (laughs) I am like, I don't know if you saw, I posted the other day, like, I'm not about like looking good in a bikini. I'm about like my old lady body. I want to make sure I've got strong bones and I can like take my grandkids for a walk and, you know, have a good, vibrant life. And that's what I want for people. And right when I signed up with Body to work with them as a coach, that was when they like shifted their whole business focus away from that, like, look good in a bikini to they realized like, that's, that's not what people need. People need to just be healthier because it's good for you. Mm -hmm. And so it's been really awesome to team up with them because they're prioritizing like mindset stuff. They've got all these workouts, not, not workouts, but like videos now where you can do some mindset work, which is huge for shifting into improving any area of your life, really. And then they've got all the different workout stuff and all the different nutrition stuff. And so it's been a really great way to have a bigger reach and to help more people. And I love it. Like getting to spend my days pouring into people that want to be physically, mentally, emotionally better is so fun. (laughs) It's so fun because it's done so much for us. You know, my husband, when we were working a ton, like had kind of stopped working out. Like we once upon a time, like opened a CrossFit gym with some friends and we're CrossFitters. And he was always a rock climber and a mountain biker and all these things. And just, he had less and less time to do that stuff. And so he wasn't doing it. And I was always just doing at home workouts with my children crawling all over me in the middle. So it's kind of still the same. Um, (laughs) but, But yeah, so it was, awesome for him when we hit this lifestyle where he was able to like do all his favorite sports again. We were rock climbing and bouldering and biking and that alone is keeping him fit. And now he's disc golfing and he's doing some of these workouts with me. And it's just been so good for us physically and mentally to keep that stuff prioritized. Because when we saw my dad pass and my mom get sick, you know, and his parents are older and having some mobility issues. And it's like, man, if we can like stay fit and healthy as long as we can to try to like keep some of that stuff at bay longer, like by all means, let's do it because we have so much fun doing what we're doing right now that I want to keep doing it. And I can't imagine doing it if I didn't feel good in my body. I think it would be so hard. Yeah. And I want to help other people have it not feel hard. (laughs) I love that. A couple of things uh, triggered as you were saying that. So I'm over 40 and I've definitely felt that, right? (laughs) I'm clearly not in my 30s anymore. (laughs) And it's been a shift for a long time. I had the mindset of feeling lighter. And that's why I Mm. wanted to 
you know, just take care of my body. I thought it was to feel lighter. And I had a shift while we were in this gap year that I don't think that that was the mindset I actually needed. I wanted to feel stronger. And so it's taken my entire approach to a healthy lifestyle differently, right? So now I'm like, I just want to feel really sweaty when I get up that hill and be like, wow, I am so strong. I got to the top of this hill. Or the other day, my daughter and I were hiking and I picked up a rock. So I could, I looked, whatever, you know, it's not my job for everybody to understand what I'm That's doing. Right. I picked up this rock because I'd heard of rocking. And I was like, I'm curious about this. I wonder what it's like. I saw this like flat rock. And I always feel like my arms just kind of dangle. I'm like, I'm just going to like curl a rock. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but it made me feel so like my body just felt so strong because now I'm activating muscles that aren't typically activated, you know? So it's just, it's very interesting how critical mindset can be yes. and how sometimes we think we need to be the thing. Mm-hmm. But when we let go of that and just think, oh gosh, no, that wasn't it. It's some, you know, whatever your thing might be. I agree that my thing has never been looking good in a bikini. My body has not seen a bikini in years and I, I'm okay with that. Right? <laughs> I'm embracing that. I actually am cool with it. Um, but I do want to be here to carry my kids to bed when they are still tired at, yes. you know, age seven and age 11 sometimes and feel like I could do that. Or yes. I do still want to hike that hike and say like, gosh, I'm not huffing and puffing and we've, we're six miles in. Or I do want to be able to keep up with my kids that want to bike 20 miles. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that mm-hmm. just felt heavy before, right? Mm-hmm. So the reason why you adventure, I think, and and some of the things you're doing with the house, it's just so helpful to, to meet people where they are and not feel like you have to be something else. Yes. So. I mean, because... My thing is like, I want to do my favorite things with my favorite people for as long as possible. That has kind of like turned into my mantra. And I want that for everybody because I don't know, I guess it's because, I guess it's because my dad died. Like I keep thinking, like I want to be around for my kids to be adults. Like right now, like what are they, nine and 11, them being adults feels so far away, but it's still in my mind. Like I want to be here. I want to go on family vacations with them and I want to, you know, see my grandkids and whatnot. And so I definitely have this forward focus of, okay, what do I need my body to be able to do? And so I, I used to struggle bad with like the body image stuff and looking good in a bikini was definitely my goal at one point. You know, now, and for a while now, that has nothing to do with it. Yeah, it's, it's nice to look cute in a bikini, <laughs> but I don't ever wear one anywhere where it matters anyway. So yeah, just doing, doing cool stuff with cool people. That's fantastic. I would love for people, if they wanted to connect with you, follow you, get in touch with you, how would they start? Where would they find you, first of all? Yeah, the best way is we're Feed Us Adventures on both Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. So one final thought, as you are, you know, sharing this lifestyle with us, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you think is just really important that audience knows about, or maybe something intriguing that you've learned that you didn't share with us yet today that you'd like to share? I would just say that a lot of people say like, oh, you're so lucky. You get to live this lifestyle. I'm like, oh, no, (laughs) that has nothing to do with luck. And I just want to encourage people like, to sit down and really think about what their goals are in life. I think so often we get stuck into just like rolling through life that we don't think about what we're doing or why we're doing it or where we're trying to get. And so we're just going through the motions. And I think people really need to stop and sit down and think about what their life 
would look like if it could be anything, right? Like they tell us to do that when we're kids. And then as soon as we hit 18, we kind of stop doing that, I feel like. And so to tell people like, stop and think about what you want your life to look like, and then start making steps towards that goal, as opposed to just doing all the other stuff that you're doing because, because this lifestyle isn't really any more expensive or whatever than a regular life. Like we're spending, we're spending less. Mm -hmm. And I know that's not the case for everyone. You know, we're spending less to do this lifestyle, but it's also because we're saying no to a lot of things. We have sacrificed a lot to be able to do this. And a lot of times people don't see that, Mm -hmm. but every dream fulfilled comes with sacrifices made, I think. And so I would just encourage people to figure out what they really want, be willing to let go of the things and sacrifice the things that aren't top priority for them and just go after it. I love it. I love it. And I would agree, like all those things I I feel so strongly about that, you know, there's a lot of training that goes into any adventure experience, any summit experience, any of those things takes work behind the scenes and people don't see it, but it is so fulfilling. And we could probably go on for another whole episode. But I know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep in touch. How about that? They can connect with you. They can connect with us. We'll figure a way to connect. Yes. Thank you so much. I know this has been a work in progress. Finding time to sit down on the road and record has been also a challenge. I yes. haven't figured out very well yet. So I appreciate <laughs> your patience on the many starts and stops that we've had along the way as well. And, and thank you so much for coming on and sharing your inspiration and helping people get healthy, but also, you know, finding the thing and taking action on it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. It was so fun to chat with you. Yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. I love interviews. I think that's one of my favorite parts of this role. I have 10 key takeaways for this episode. Number one, we are making all this money and then taking a vacation to go sleep in the woods. What if we take the money we have been saving to go spend time with our favorite people doing our favorite things for as long as we can? Amidst travity, they were able to ask themselves questions that seem morbid, but yet reflective about their intentions with money, such as what if we die early? Her dad was 59 when he passed away. Working through these conversations led them to sell their house and buy a 25-foot RV. Number two, Carissa's goal as an unschooling mom is to set her kids up to be problem solvers, people who know how to access information when they want to learn something, and good human beings who are fulfilled in life. Number three, living in a 25-foot RV, there is not a lot of space to hang out, so they try to follow the good weather the best they can so that they have ample opportunities to get outside. Number four, North Carolina requires a state test at the end of each year, and the girls did really well. Carissa was surprised because they didn't ever sit down and teach math, science, or social studies. They do have study workbooks, and sometimes when the girls get bored, they pull out a workbook and do it for fun. But we've had similar experiences with a few weeks ago when our two younger kids were playing school and the 11-year-old was teaching the 8-year-old about persuasive essays and assigned one for homework. It's surprising what kids are interested in and how they choose to learn when they have the autonomy and curiosity driving the learning process. Number five, some of the challenges are that all the things that are required in life are still happening, but people we know and love, it still looks like they're just always on vacation. When you add that to being a content creator, health coach, and disc golf coach, it doesn't really look like we're working when we are actually working. Not working a nine to five job, they have to protect their time and do work in small pockets throughout the day. 
Number six, setting up the structure continues to be a work in progress and they have to make adjustments often. It took her husband longer coming from a traditional job to a not traditional job. He had to break himself from some of those work habits and mental constructs. As parents, they have found value in following the list and recognizing key anchors that help them beyond just the aspects of being mobile. Number seven, when they slowed down and only traveled to a new place every one to two weeks, they were able to settle into what life could really look like. For example, her husband got really into disc golf and kids stopped asking when they were going to move into a house. It takes a while to figure out the cadence and realize you don't have to do all the things in a limited timeline. Slowing down also allowed them to explore locations more deeply and travel based on their interests, such as disc golf courses. Number eight, Being healthy doesn't have to suck. Just moving your body in a way that feels good for you. The more you move, the easier it is to keep moving. While Carissa wants to be healthy, it's not about looking good in a bikini. For her, it's about having a strong old lady body with strong bones and being able to take her grandkids for walks. Number nine, I heard a saying by Peter Atiyah that muscle mass is like a retirement account. We lose muscle mass much faster the older we get, so strength training is a critical investment in your future health. Carissa's firsthand experience with her parents' health is a big motivator for her to use health as a counterbalance to some of potential genetic indicators of early end of life. Number 10, Heidi shared her mental shift with health from one of feeling lighter to that of feeling stronger. For Carissa, it's being able to do her favorite things with her favorite people for as long as she can. What's your underlying purpose? What is the reason health matters to you? Use that to motivate you to keep moving. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode and for all of our episodes. If you have any interest in RVing, use the Harvest Host link in the show notes to become a member or a host or a discount card of one of those natures. It's been a fabulous way for us to meet up, meet strangers, meet friends on this journey. Nine months in and still going strong. I'm so glad to have you here with us today. So thank you so much for joining us. Until next week, keep on adventuring. If you found value from today's show, here are three easy ways you can support us. Subscribe to Ordinary Sherpa Podcast on the platform you're listening to. It lets the providers know that you're getting value from the show and want to be around when we release additional content. If you feel compelled, leave us a review. Two, find your friends, family, and others you think would enjoy this show and share this episode. Three, and most importantly, join the community of families interested in creating authentic experiences through simple adventures by going to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash community. We want to hear from you and create content that would benefit your family. Thanks for joining us on this journey as we help families connect through adventure.